Bless the Lord. You ready for the word of God? Hey, take your Bible out, whether it's in book form or digital form, and hold it high in the air, and then say this after me. This is my Bible, God's holy word. I am what it says I am, and I will do what it says for me to do. I place myself under the authority of God's word. It says I am blessed, therefore I am blessed. It says I am an overcomer, therefore I overcome. Every obstacle, every challenge, and every hindrance, through the name above every name, Jesus Christ. I open my heart, I open my mind to receive God's word. I receive this word. And I confess this word in the name of Jesus. Amen. Have you ever found yourself in the need of encouragement? Have you ever found yourself being refreshed by someone who came alongside of you and encouraged you? Solomon writes in the book of Proverbs 25, 11, Timely advice is lovely, like golden apples in a silver basket. A few chapters earlier, he says this proverb, everyone enjoys a fitting reply. It is wonderful to say the right thing at the right time. As you get the sequence, the right thing at the right time. Now, when we talk about encouragement, we talk about spiritual encouragement. It is not merely a pleasant word or a casual pat on the back. No, the the encouragement I'm speaking about holds the power to transform lives. It holds the power to ignite hope in the face of despair and to breathe life into weary souls. The hero of the church that we're going to speak about today is none other than Barnabas. In scripture, he is known as the son of encouragement. And his life serves as a powerful example to us today, reminding us of the incredible difference that we can make when we choose to be encouragers. That's why I love teachers so much. I married one. Because teachers, you have the ability to influence children by the words you say. You are the Barnabases among us. And church is not just for our teachers, it's for each of us to be individuals of encouragement. Let me give you a very interesting fact concerning Barnabas. Did you know that it was not his given name, but it was his nickname? His nickname was this, or his given name was, write this, Joseph. In Acts 4, verse 36, it says, for instance, there was Joseph, the son of Uh, the, the, The apostles nickname or the one the apostles nickname Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. He was from the tribe of Levi and came from the island of Cyprus. 
It was such a part of his nature, such a part of who he was, that the apostles, the leaders of the early church, gave him this nickname, Barnabas, because he was such an encourager. Now, I thought about that, and I thought, wow, he really had to be one who encouraged others for them to give him this nickname. We're going to learn from his life. We're going to take some scriptures and apply them and see how we too can have this spirit of encouragement and how we can leave others feeling better and believing in the promises of the Lord. So notice in the notes that you received, the first thing we want to talk about is Barnabas was sold out for Christ. I think this is so imperative. He was sold out for Christ. Going back to Acts 4, we read verse 36. His name given to him was Joseph by birth, but they nicknamed him Barnabas, meaning son of encouragement. Verse 37, it says, he sold a field he owned and brought the money to the apostles. Now, this is important because Luke is given us this instruction and these verses give us a glimpse into the heart of the man, Barnabas. His life was impacted and impacted others around him. Now, Luke is giving us a summary and description of what has taken place in the formative years of the church. And he introduces us to this man named Joseph. He's from the tribe of Levi, and he's living outside or lived outside of Jerusalem on the island of Cyprus. His family was a part of the Jewish diaspora. His impact and relationship and, and influence in the early church leaders can be seen by the nickname that they had given him, Son of Encouragement. Now, immediately, you're drawn to his life and you want to know more. What was it about him that caused the apostles to give him this nickname? I thought about that. Let me encourage you. Live in such a way that causes others to want to know more. Live in such a way that people will ask, what makes you different? What's the reason of the hope that you have? Why, why are you such an encourager. And that becomes the door, the opportunity for you to share Christ with them. The apostle Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11, encourage each other and build each other up just as you're already doing. And then he says this to the church of Ephesus in Ephesians 4, verse 29, don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Paul says, don't let corrupt speech be a part of your life. Don't let that which is critical be a part of your life. But, but, but speak words that's going to minister grace to the hearers. Well, not only was Barnabas an encourager, but... We noticed something else about him. He had a heart of generosity. Luke says he sold a field that he owned and brought the money to the apostles. Now, this is important because the very next chapter, we had the story of Ananias and Sapphira. They too had property. They sold it. 
And uh, they act as if they're bringing it to the apostles, but they lie about it. Immediately, judgment came upon them. What is Luke, the writer of Acts, trying to teach us? There is a contrast between a Barnabas and then someone who's just putting on a show. Someone who's just trying to, to have the outward appearance, but inwardly, there's corruption. It's important that we have authenticity within our lives. That who we are in public is the same as who we are in private. Who we are outwardly is the same as who we are inwardly. May, may that compassion, may that love, may that encouragement flow out of who we are. And it did with Barnabas in such a way that they nicknamed him son of encouragement. Warren Wiersbe, the great, great uh, writer, said this, Not every believer can be like Peter and John, but we can all be like Barnabas and have a ministry of encouragement. You know, all of us can be that preacher, miracle worker like Peter and, and that, that, that John who, who wrote the book of Revelations. Not all of us can be a Peter and John, but all of us can be a Barnabas and have a ministry of encouragement. Another thing about Barnabas that I see is this. He was willing to go. He was willing to serve in whatever capacity the church needed him to serve in. He was willing to use his gifting, his callings that God has placed within him to advance the kingdom of God. Each one of us have received giftings and talents and callings from the Lord. May we also choose to use these giftings and these talents to advance God's purposes and God's kingdom. Acts chapter 11, you read this in verse 19. Meanwhile, the believers who had been scattered during the persecution after Stephen's death traveled as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch of Syria. And they preached the word of God. But, but notice it said only to Jews. However, verse 20 some of the believers who went to Antioch from Cyprus and Cyrene began preaching to the Gentiles about the Lord. So as the history of the early church is unfolding, you see in chapter 10 of Acts that, that Peter comes into the house of Cornelius, a Gentile, a Roman officer, and he preaches Jesus, and the power of God falls upon them. They're saved, filled with the Holy Spirit. You see God's up to something new, up to something powerful. In chapter 11 of Acts, you see, as Luke is giving a summary, the, the scattered believers, they left, left Jerusalem because of persecution, Saul of Tarsus, Stephen was, was, was stoned, persecution broke out, so people were having to leave to find safety. But wherever they went, they're preaching Jesus. Wherever you go, speak Jesus. Wherever you go, Declare Jesus. Amen. Give them the gospel of Christ. Amen. Now, only because it's what they knew, they only preached to the Jews. 
But then some believers came from Cyprus, and they began preaching from the, to the Gentiles. And the power of God began to fall. People were saved. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. Notice verse 21. The power of the Lord was with them, and a large number of those Gentiles believed and turned to the Lord. And when the church of Jerusalem heard what had happened, they sent Barnabas to Antioch. God was up to something new. God was up to something powerful, and they needed a trusted individual to go to check things out. And who did they pick? Barnabas. Now, it's interesting to me because Barnabas himself is from Cyprus. Barnabas himself did not grow up in the bubble of, uh, of Jerusalem, that religious bubble of Jerusalem. He grew up outside of Jerusalem, He's, he's named Barnabas because he is an encourager. He is a bridge builder. When they needed someone to go and to substantiate what was happening and to bring order to what was happening, they looked for a Barnabas, and they sent him. And verse 23 says, when he arrived and saw this evidence of God's blessing, he was filled with joy. And he encouraged the believers to stay true to the Lord. He was filled with joy. And guess what he did? He, he encouraged the believers. Yeah. He didn't come with eyes and glasses of criticism. Oh, the Lord doesn't move that way. He don't move that way in Jerusalem, so he can't move that way here. No, he took off the eye, the glasses of criticism. Good. And when he saw what God was doing, his heart was filled with joy. And he encouraged them. In order to be an encouragement, sometimes you have to take off your glasses of criticism. And you have to begin to look and see what God is doing. And what God and how God is moving. Notice verse 24. It gives us a description of his reputation among the church and these new believers. It says, Barnabas was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit, and strong in faith. And many people were brought to the Lord. He had the trifecta of leadership. He was a good man. He was full of the Holy Spirit. He was strong in faith. It's important to be a good person. Yeah. It's important to be an individual that people like to be around. That people just enjoy being around, just, just good in nature, just good of heart. But notice, notice, he was also filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with the power of God, the presence of the Lord. Can I remind you, as a believer, you are filled with the Spirit of God? Paul told the church of Corinth, know ye not, you are the temple of the living God. God's spirit lives and abides within you. Yeah. But, but, but not only was he a good man, not only was he full of the Holy Spirit, but he was full of faith. He believed God could do the impossible. And it's imperative that we have faith, that we believe that God can do the impossible, that we believe that God can move in any heart, any life, any family, any community, that God can work in any situation and bring glory out of it. Can you say amen? So... I want to talk for a few moments about being an encourager. 
I want to challenge you to be an encourager. How can we become effective encouragers to those around us? I want you to consider some very practical ways. Write the word empathy. I think it's important to cultivate a heart of empathy. Now, let me explain to you what empathy is. Empathy is the act of seeking to understand the challenges and struggles and needs of others. Empathy has to take the focus off of yourself and put the focus on someone else. It's seeking to understand the challenges, struggles, and needs of others. It's to share in someone else's experience or emotions. It's to put yourself in their shoes and extend compassion and understanding. And this is the essence of the gospel of Christ. If we're going to be encouragers, if we're going to be individuals that see potentials in others, if we're going to be individuals that speak life to, to one another, then we have to develop a heart of empathy, a heart of, of seeking to understand what a person is going through. Sometimes you need to take time to know their story. Sometimes you need to know a little bit of history, a little bit of their story. Maybe they're not being difficult just for the difficult sake of difficult. Maybe they're not just being hard just for the sake of trying to be hard. Maybe, maybe they have a lot of loss. Maybe they've seen a lot of stuff. Maybe they walked through many storms. Jesus embodied empathy. I want to take you to a verse that I think really shows us the heart of Christ. And if you really want to know who God is, you really want to know the heart of God, look at Jesus. Jesus makes known to us the Father. This verse is found in John chapter 11. Lazarus has died. Jesus has come to the house, to the home of Mary and Martha. And the verse is what we call the shortest verse in the Bible. Many of you know it. Jesus wept. At that moment, he enters into this suffering. At that moment, he enters into their pain. At that moment, he enters into their, their loss. And he begins to weep. He begins to cry. And you see empathy. And church, I love this story because, because it demonstrates to us the heart of God. God has empathy towards you. He feels your pain. He sees what you're going through. The story of Moses in the Old Testament in the book of Exodus chapter 3 verse 7 says, The Lord told him, told Moses, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people. I have heard their cries and I am aware of their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them and to lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. Look, the cry of the people of Israel has reached me. Someone needs to hear this today. 
The Lord sees what you are going through. He has heard your cries. He has heard your prayers. The Lord is aware of what you are facing, of what you are suffering, what you are walking through. And hear what God says. I have come down to rescue you. I have come down to lead you into a very spacious place. Just like the Lord heard the cry of the Israelites in Egyptian captivity, I believe the Lord hears your cry. You may be going through some stuff. You may feel like you're all alone. You may feel like nobody takes notice. I'm here to tell you God sees you. He has empathy toward you. And he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to give you life and life more abundantly. Can somebody give God God praise. Listen to what the psalmist writes in Psalm 37. For he will conceal me there when trouble comes. He will hide me in his sanctuary. He will place me out of reach on a high rock. Then I will hold my head high. High above my enemies who surround me. At his sanctuary, I will offer sacrifices with shouts of joy, singing and praising the Lord with music. The description that the psalmist is describing and giving us is in the middle of enemy territory, in the, in the middle of being surrounded by those who are trying to attack and to destroy. The Lord is hiding him. The Lord is concealing him. To such a degree that the psalmist says, I lift my head above my enemies. <laughs> and the Lord's going to set me in a large place. Somebody needs to get ready for promotion. <laughs> Somebody needs to get ready for the next season. Somebody needs to get ready. The enemy is attacking you from every side. You may feel surrounded. You may feel like the enemy is throwing everything he has against you. You feel kicked. You feel like you've been knocked down, but you keep showing up. <laughs> you're lifting your head high because you know your redemption is drawing nigh. You understand God has concealed you in his presence in his sanctuary and if God before you who can be against you see the enemy's thrown his best attack at him but you keep getting up you keep coming to the house of God you keep believing you keep putting on your clothes and you keep going to work because you know that God is going to bring the victory you know that God is going to help you God's going to strengthen you <laughs> hear me God sees you how can you be an encourager? Ask God to give you a heart of empathy toward others. Seek to understand others before judging them. Speak life-giving words. Proverbs 16 says, Kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul, healthy for the body. The King James says it this way, health to the bones. Then IV says, healing to the bones. You ever had somebody come at the right moment? said something encouraging to you and suddenly anger dissipated suddenly that hurt began to melt away that's the power of encouragement another way that we can be an encourager is show acts of kindness and support look for opportunities to 
lend a helping hand, whether through acts of service, practical assistance, or simply being present for someone in need. Yesterday, my heart was full as I drove on property and I saw volunteers, cars lined up all the way to the roundabout on East Fuller's. People waiting to get groceries. And I watched as the volunteers were smiling and speaking words of encouragement. Not a, not a degrading thing, but, but, but saying, God loves you. God's got a plan for you. I watched the prayer line over here as people pulled over wanting prayer, and they led people to Christ. They prayed for them. Church, that's what it's all about. Write this. Be a source of hope. Be a voice of hope. Teachers, be a voice of hope. Administrators, be a voice of hope. Mom and dad, be a voice of hope. Are there bad things around us? Absolutely. Are there challenges around us? Absolutely. But be one who deals in hope and not negativity. Be one who sees solutions and not just the problem. Be one who's going to be a part of the solution and not a part of the problem. Acts 15, verse 32. Judas and Silas, both being prophets, spoke at length to the believers. Earlier, there was a decision made by the church in Jerusalem concerning Gentiles and their, their faith. And they sent some prophets. They sent, they sent Judas and Silas, along with Barnabas and Paul, go back to Antioch and deliver the message. So they're there, encouraging and strengthening their faith. Notice the reciprocal nature, encouraging and strengthening. When you encourage somebody, you strengthen them. When you speak words of encouragement, you're literally strengthening that person. They stayed for a while. Then the believers sent them back to the church in Jerusalem with the blessing and peace. Verse 35, Paul and Barnabas stayed in Antioch. They and many others taught and preached the word of the Lord there. Luke is bringing a correlation between encouragement, strengthening, and preaching and teaching of the word of God. And this is so important. We need the systematic teaching and preaching of the word of God because the word of God encourages us. The word of God speaks to us. The word of God strengthens us. The last thing we want to talk about is Barnabas was an intercessor for others. And I think this is important. Be one who was willing to stand in the gap for others. Be one who was willing to build a bridge for others. Believe in the potential of others. Ask the Lord to help you see what God sees in them. It's easy to be critical. It's easy to be negative. It's easy to see the faults in others. But I believe... You set the world on fire with potential when you ask God to show you what he sees. Look past the trouble. Look past the acting out. Look past the failure. Look past the struggle and see the potential that that individual has in the Lord. Refuse to join the critical group and be an encourager of people, an intercessor of others. And we see Barnabas was just that. 
Well, no wonder they gave him the nickname Son of Encouragement. We see that he practiced this with Saul, Saul of Tarsus, who later became Paul. Go back to Acts chapter 9. This is after the conversion of Paul, Saul of Tarsus. And remember, Saul was a persecutor of the church. He, writing to the church of Galatia, said, I persecuted the believers. I tried to destroy the church of God. But now I'm preaching the gospel. So he was a fierce enemy of the early church before conversion. Well, he's gotten saved, gotten filled with the Holy Spirit. The Lord's done a work in him, and now he's preaching the gospel. In chapter 9, verse 27, he goes to Jerusalem. It's not a very good reception, but then verse 27 says, Barnabas brought him to the apostles and told them how Saul had seen the Lord on the way to Damascus and how the Lord had spoken to Saul. And he also told them that Saul had preached boldly in the name of Jesus in Damascus. Paul came to Jerusalem already preaching and declaring the gospel of Christ. But when he arrives in Jerusalem, he tried to meet with the believers. But verse 26 says, when he arrived, they were all afraid of him. They did not believe he had truly become a believer. Now, naturally, many would be afraid of him, suspicious of him, even critical of him. That is until Barnabas brought him to the apostles. Barnabas brought credibility to Saul at the very early stage in his ministry. In a very real sense, Barnabas created an open door for Saul to walk through. Church, let me tell you something. Be a person who creates open doors for others. Now, in order to do this, you have to take the focus off of yourself. And you have to be willing for people to be better at something than you are. You have to be willing for people to be a little more successful than you are. You have to be willing for individuals to, 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 to be promoted even further than you may be promoted. Barnabas was such a person. When the church and the leadership was afraid of Saul, Barnabas used his credibility with the leaders, and he took Saul, he presented him to the leadership, he opened a door to give credibility to Saul. Church, I want to be known as one who opens doors for others. I gladly, gladly help the next generation open a door for them to get to that next level. In church, we're preparing the future leaders. We're preparing the next generation to lead to glad tidings. I'm not jealous. I'm not concerned. They can do something better than me. Matter of fact, I'm applauding. I'm hoping. I'm praying. They'll be a better preacher. They'll be a better leader. And they'll reach more for the kingdom of God. I'm not worried about what it makes me look like. I want to be one who opens the door for the next generation. There are people around you. There are people in your circle that need a door of opportunity 
but every time they try, the door is shut in their face. But God has placed you in their life to help that door open and to rely a little bit on your credibility to get them to where they need to be. That's what Barnabas is all about. Barnabas opened the door for Saul of Tarsus, known today as Paul the Apostle. Gave him credibility because people knew Barnabas. They knew he was a good man. They knew he was full of the Holy Spirit. And they knew he had faith. Sometimes... You have to open up doors for others to walk through. Imagine what would happen if we could live our life such as this. Go with me one more time to Acts 15. Bringing my remarks to a close. You see this same thing happening with Mark. After some time, Paul said to Barnabas, hey, let's go back and visit the churches that we established. Let's go back and strengthen them. I could hear the conversation. Hey, Barn, you want to go back on another missionary trip? Oh, Barn says, yeah, Paul, let's do it. But hey, let's take John Mark with us. Paul says, oh, no, 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 no. We can't take John Mark with us. Notice what it says. Paul disagreed strongly, verse 38. Since John Mark had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in the work. Paul says, we can't take John Mark. He deserted us. He left us. In essence, implying he just might do it again. And it says that they disagreed so strongly that they decided to go separate ways. Now, just because we are believers does not mean we'll never have disagreements. Sometimes missions change, and that's okay. Notice Paul did not attack Barnabas. Barnabas did not attack Paul. But you see the character of Barnabas coming out. You see that he's living up to that nickname. He's living up to that nature. He's living up to the character and to the gift set that God had given him. Be true to your gift set. Don't try to be somebody else. Be true. So so Paul says, I can't take John Mark. So he takes Silas, and they go on to the second missionary journey. And, And Barnabas takes John Mark and goes to Cyprus. Now, we don't know a whole lot what happens, but church history, some accounts is this, is that Barnabas became a martyr in Cyprus for the faith. But what we do know is that Mark became effective in the kingdom of God. Barnabas, this encourager, took him, even though he had made a mistake, even though he had deserted and left them, Barnabas mentored him, invested in him. Did you know John Mark is the same Mark that wrote the gospel that's after his name? One of the earliest recordings that we have of the life of Christ. And we know that later Paul writes this. He says this to the church of Colossae. 
In Colossians chapter 4, verse 10, Aristarchus, who was in prison with me, sends you his greetings. And so does Mark, Barnabas's cousin. As you were instructed before, make Mark welcome if he comes your way. Somewhere down the road, Paul looked at Mark and said, wow, you have changed. Wow. It all began with Barnabas mentoring him. Paul's last last recorded letter that we know that Paul ever wrote was to Timothy, his second letter. As he's closing this letter, in chapter 4, verse 11, he says, Only Luke is with me. Bring Mark with you when you come, for he will be helpful to me in my ministry. He'll be helpful. He'll be valuable to me. I submit to you that we would not know Mark as we do today if it wasn't for Barnabas. Imagine the influence that you can have in someone else's life just by speaking life to them. By asking the Lord to give you a heart of empathy, taking time to understand their story, taking time to walk in their shoes, and asking the Lord to help you be a dealer in hope. There's so much wrong with our society, so much wrong going on in our world. And we can jump on that bandwagon and we can, we can talk about all the negativity. And I'm telling you, you're going to get a lot of people agreeing with you. But I want to challenge you. Quit looking at the negativity and begin to be a part of the solution. By encouraging each other, by building each other By seeing the potential that is within them. All of our teachers, whether it's in private school here at GT Academy or in the public school system like my wife. Teachers, we pray for you. We want you to know that though we cannot be in the classroom with you, we stand alongside of you to pray with you to be encouragers because you're on the front line of education. You're on the front line of depositing into the youth of our community. You're some of the first ones who will be able to be a Barnabas, who will be able to see the potential. Instead of speaking to that critical, that negativity, speak to that potential. Possibly that will open a door for them to walk through to do something great. But you don't have to be a teacher to be an encourager. I believe, as a believer, we all should be an encourager. I love what Warren Wiersbe writes. Not every one of us can be a Peter and John, but all of us can be a Barnabas, a son of encouragement. Can we all stand together? I'm going to ask you, if you feel comfortable raising your hands, will you just raise your hands and worship the Lord? Just thank the Lord for his goodness, his mercy. Ask God. Ask God to help you. Help you see the potential. Help you speak to a person's future and not their past. Maybe you're here today and you've not committed your life to Christ. 
Maybe today, right now, right now, you want to commit your life to the Lord. You want to ask Jesus to be Lord and Savior. If that's you, just lift your hand high, high up, high up. Say, Pastor, pray for me. I want to give my life to Christ today. Maybe you're walking through some stuff. You've been an encourager to others, but maybe you're in a season where you need encouragement. Let the Holy Spirit right now encourage you. Let the Holy Spirit right now just speak to you. Let the Holy Spirit, God's presence, just touch you. Jesus, you see us. You know us. Father, I pray. I pray, God. I pray, God, that we, that we would be dealers in hope. God, that we, <laughs> that we would look past the fault, the struggle, and see the potential in a person and speak to that potential, declaring by faith, believing God to work and move in their life, believing God to work and move in their situations. I pray, God, that we'll be the one who will come alongside of someone that others are suspicious of and and Lord, we provide an open door for them to have credibility. I pray, God, that we'll find the marks, the marks of our society, those who maybe have disappointed others, maybe have made some wrong decisions, but there's still potential there. We'll mentor them, encourage them, and watch them become who God's called them to be. God, help us to walk in that spirit of Barnabas. I feel the Lord saying this, sir, it starts in your home. Start encouraging in your home. Start encouraging your wife. Start encouraging your sons, your daughters. Don't just point out what they're doing wrong. Find something they're good at. Highlight it. Speak encouragement to them. You have the power to lift. Your words have the power to lift them up. Your words have the power to set wind to their cells. They'll go on and do great things. It begins in your house. It begins with those who are close to you. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We give you our yes. Just like Barnabas was willing to serve the church, we're willing to serve your kingdom. We give you our yes. Amen and amen.